0: How do I sound on your end? Do I sound boomy like I'm in a big room or does it sound like it's
1: the mic? I don't know, you always sound like weirdness to me.
0: <laughs>
1: I don't care, you bring it up, we'll talk about it. You, 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 oh, right, okay. Let's go to exit interviews, why not? It's all just locked. It should be some sort of restore that has to be done. Deactivate it. Deactivate and then reactivate.
0: Should I restore a license again, or do you think it's uh... yeah? License is restored. Okay, let's try this again. I'm still locked.
1: <laughs>
0: I know we're supposed to be doing a pod by now, but I just really, I just really want to know if this works.
1: Check <laughs> what's go to your notifications. Is it is it still installing everything? You don't have like. Access to network connectivity. That's
0: that's probably exactly what it is. It's probably just a, it only installed the essentials. Yep. Yeah. Okay. That's all it is. So okay. Well, that's okay. I, I feel better. Well, by about the that. time we're
1: recording, it should be installed then.
0: Hello, Rip city. To all of you in town and out of town and in every corner of the interwebs, thank you for tuning in. Here with you from one River, my name is Keith Feltner-Smith, and here with me once again, as always, the on-time Hawaiian, the master of Segways the Mr. Professional, the Christopher Joseph Burkhardt. What is up, sir?
1: Man, even even today <laughs> when I'm running late, I'm on time. That's beautiful
0: it's always you're always on time especially compared to uh, me it just works that way as I was gonna say I was I was running now. late and I was still early <laughs> hey man there's been a lot going on look we had a we had um uh just for a throwback to uh, uh, uh previous episodes and actually I can say this now as I look out the window here it's snowing we've had a lot of uh, a lot of distractions a lot of things going on <laughs> with uh uh the, the craziest weather we've ha- had out here it is April 12th, and both on April 11th and 12th, it uh, it has been snowing giant ass quarter size flakes outside, and that is weird. I am, I'm, I'm confused by. I, I'm I'm not actually like I'm not acting like all the delays are on the weather, but I just wanted to bring that up first. It's 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 crazy. It's awesome, and it's uh, I don't really know what else to say about it. How's the how's climate snowing? change is a myth climbing yeah exactly yeah global warming not a, not a thing certainly not hey look it's get we we have snow out here so obviously global warming is not happening i mean come on <laughs> use some yeah, common sense. it's yeah. science
1: obviously obviously the person who started uh global warming as the rallying cry wasn't a a marketer in their former career. What (laughs) awful marketing that was. All I know is I had six inches of snow yesterday in the afternoon, which was the weirdest damn thing I've ever seen. It's crazy. And it was fluffy and beautiful, and my children loved it. Um, I was half tempted to just go up into the storage and get the christmas decorations back out just to to complete the vibe you know (laughs) get get everything like i was like yes i I, I was singing jingo bells and freaking all the other christmas carols and oh yeah i was ready to put lights back up on my gutters baby i was i was here for it
0: i'm ready for spring man i'm ready for for nice weather and and getting outside i'm wearing my blazer shorts in here right now
1: hey my daughter today goes to school and she uh is wearing a t-shirt and i'm like babe you gotta you gotta put on a a a long sleeve shirt because it's it's cold outside she's like but i wanted to wear this t-shirt really bad i'm like well you gotta put on a long sleeve shirt and so her and i get into a fight and she just starts like crying i'm like what is wrong she's like i just wanted to be summer and i'm just like you poor thing you poor thing Oh, uh,
0: <laughs> you're ruining the, your kid's dreams, Chris. <laughs> Tell them to dress for the weather that's outside, not the weather they what want it to be What an absolute
1: jerk! What a jerk!
0: <laughs> Beyond the weather, we've uh, we've, I guess, actually no, because of the weather, I lost power here for a bit. You lost internet. Now today, my internet's been spotty, so hopefully this all holds up. We chose a great time to have some uh, very strange, absurd early spring snow and and uh you know internet problems cuz there's been some things going on for the blazes. We've actually had a surprising amount to get to as far as Sean's and exit interviews and some strange stuff with uh, the end.
1: This 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 ho- the, the 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 horse was put out to pasture, baby. It <laughs> finally came to a merciless end. <laughs> yeah, the
0: season has finally uh finally wrapped up. We will talk about all that in just a second, but first everybody's favorite game, everybody's favorite segment of all segments on any podcast anywhere that does segments, love, hugs, and hate mail. We've got, you know, last week uh, I, I reversed it since it was just me doing was the solo intro. I, I went the hate first, got that kind of out of the way.
1: Yeah, was it was it worth it? Did you work it? Did you put your thing down, flip it, and so reverse it? Flip it and reverse it, yes,
0: yes, that's exactly <laughs> what happened. Uh, <laughs> to tell the listeners Chris, you're here for it, so what is your what is your love for the week?
1: hey the love goes to dun, 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 dun. the trailcaster community baby <laughs> discord popped off this year the socials have been good we're trying to start the youtubes but none of it is possible without the support we get from the community and i i know that when you when you got me on keith here uh, at the end of last summer I had thrown the the idea of Discord out to you, and you're like, "What? What's a Discord? Like, <laughs> I've heard of it, but I've not. I haven't used it." And you know, we got on there and started a thing, and that community is has grown to you know 50 members strong, which uh, to Ooh, a lot of people sounds small, 50. but to me, I'm like, "Dude, we started it from scratch and got people on, and it's been a great experience, and had some uh, great blazer conversations throughout the year, and it makes." Uh, and we had some real kind words from, from the fans and the listeners in, in there just the other day. So it makes the time that we put into this all worth it to know that people are listening and people are enjoying it and people are liking the community we're building there. So the love goes to the Trailcasters community because you all are awesome.
0: That's a great one, yeah. Like it's, it's been it's been a fantastic time uh, building that whole thing up. Man, I didn't even realize we'd hit 50. We should have had some celebration for that, honestly. But uh, yeah, we, we've got... Some uh, some old school diehards uh, like Team Mom Tara hey. joining us. Um, Rocky Classic is hey. in there. Uh, some of the the Twitter the Twitter Blazers legends uh, getting the conversation going as far as uh, with other podcasters like Tim and Alex from Unbiased hey. and, and Busted and Bucket. Uh, Brandon McIntyre always hey. bringing the trade scenarios, always bringing the <laughs> uh, the, the the trolling kind of poking at me. We've had a lot of fun, man. It's been a really like honestly. Uh, if, if I was to look at this season, you know, real quick, not trying to go too far off on attention here, but it's worth it because it's all about the love. Uh, if I'm looking back on the season and all the things we've added here on Trailcasters, we've got you as the new co-host, we've got Discord, uh, we've got the YouTube channel uh, started up and hopefully, you know, kind of gaining some steam soon as well. I mean, you're pretty cool and all, but that Discord channel, that, that's, there's a lot of fun people in there. <laughs> there's some fun peeps up in there, man. No, if if I'm being I, honest, I hate
1: most of them, but I'm just very cordial out there to you know, <laughs> just to keep, to make keep it civil. Sure I don't I don't kill the brand. Playing a good host. Uh, no, if okay. if
0: I'm if I'm being honest, I'll just go on with with some of my love, and I, I would say that yeah, you you've uh, adding you in here to the to the pod has been an absolute highlight of of the season, man. Thank you for for joining. And honestly, so much of the things that we're saying, we've added Discord, YouTube, uh, even just the the graphic image behind me. Uh, <laughs> a lot of these improvements that are coming are coming due to the bully Burkhart. so th- thank you and and all the love to you uh Aww, to keep you from feeling too awkward i'll keep moving right along <laughs> sending the love to Kelgin Blevins and his family he welcomed his daughter soraya into the uh nice. into the world just recently so always fantastic to to hear about that kind of news always exciting to uh, you know, just, just yeah, to expand the family, to expand uh, the, the community and the nest that we all have here together.
1: Hey man, we pick, we pick on, on Kelgen, we pick on CJ Elleby, but I, I hope that if, if these players ever come across this and listen, that whenever we talk about them we're talking about it in a basketball sense because that's what we do and it's you know for you know both of us working professionally in this thing like that's my job is to talk about it. but people it's very easy to forget like these these human sides of thing these people are just like us they go to work every day, they come home they want to be with their family and when you get to do something as special as add to the flock, and you know <laughs> welcome a child that's that's pretty awesome so again when you're talking we could talk about Keljean Blevins and where he fits on the roster and all that forever and we can have differing opinions it's cool but one thing you can't differ on is the fact how awesome it is uh, to be a dad so huge congratulations to Keljean Blevins for that one man very much so
0: and i'm just going to say uh I've been listening to a whole bunch of podcasts recently. I've had a long list, a very long queue. I've been catching up, uh, including uh, your your other podcasts or, or non-podcasts <laughs> that we talked about this morning on Discord, <laughs> uh, uh, Just You Fans. Hey. And it seems that someone may have some other news uh uh you know, it's similar to Kellgen's news here that I thought was pretty cool to hear about and I know I I almost don't want to include this in the love section I want to include it in the hate mail because they didn't break the news here on trailcasters but uh keep it in the
1: hate mail keep it for the hate mail then keep it for the <laughs> no hate no mail.
0: no it's all love uh, nope, keep it for the hate no. mail no 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 you either say it right now or I'm going to say it you say it you yeah, gotta you know, you're, you're, you're no, it's, it's it. not you hate mail. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly put no. it in a hate mail. It is all up. You teased Because it. I heard that you, sir, are expecting an addition to the flock.
1: Look at you using my terms. That is true. <laughs> Burkhart, baby, number three is uh, in the oven at the
0: moment. That's awesome, dude. Congratulations. Congratulations. I'm so excited for you. Oh, right, thank hi. you. Thank you so much. Oh, man. I I yeah I just I mean, I'm I'm sitting here like all trying to like I, I I I yeah like just trying to like not re- put that out there too early. I wanted to text you so bad when I heard it on the
1: first off. I'm glad you were listening to our other pod. Of course, that was great. Shout so to so just two fans. the the hey. the yeah the two co-hosts on Just Two Fans are I go way back with them. Though they are good buddies from my Oregon marching band days back in you know 2009 2010 and known those guys forever. And so they have that segment at the end of their podcast that is, you know, buzzer beater, where they just say something random that's on their mind or whatever. And it was it happened to be my week. And I, oh, I threw it on them. They had no idea. And they were shocked. They, I don't, I don't yeah. know if they included the whole <laughs> thing in there, but they were shocked. It was it was great. So sorry you found out that way, Keith. No, so I no, tell you <laughs> it's, too, it's
0: OK. I'm just giving you a hard time. And it's not not bad at all. But I'm no, just it, glad
1: you're listening. I'm just glad you're listening to the other pod, baby. That's support right there.
0: Of course, man. No, no. I, uh, I, I'm sorry that I don't know the dudes' names. I know they came in. I think actually they were some of our early Discord supporters as well, right? Did you bring? Mm-hmm. That's a.
1: Yep, Eli, Eli, and Jamie. They hi, don't hi, participate, Jimmy. but they're in there to give us our yeah. numbers.
0: <laughs> no, it's it, it's appreciated. Hey, helped us reach 50, right? So congratulations yep. to us on that one. But no, they they've got a great thing going over there. Uh, it's not basketball oriented, but if you're a sports fan, just want to hear about the rest of the kind of sports world and sports culture, check out just two fans. Chris is the obvious. Uh, guest star on there, but yeah, it's it's a good time. Uh, they've shouted us out before, you made sure they did, so I wanna make sure we return the favor and shout it back to them. I, I always enjoy listening to other people's projects. See whether it's uh just you fans, hey, unbiased, hey, busted, hey. uh Blazers What from Terra as well. Hey. It's nice to it's nice to hear what other people are putting out. So, you know, it's it's how we all grow together. But yeah, shout out to Danielle, both both for for putting up with your as well as uh, bringing along that 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 third Burkhart, third little Burkhart into the world. I'm excited for you guys. So
1: yeah, well, thank you.
0: Yeah. All right. Moving on. Hugs for this week. Do you have any any hugs, whether it's the sarcastic kind of hugs or or just someone who needs some support? Oh, my hugs go to the rest of Rip City. The
1: love went to the trailcaster family specifically, but the hugs go to the rest of Rip City because you did it. (laughs) <laughs> you laughed it through this season. We made it. And as bad as it was, w- what was so fun about it was, like, somehow y- y- you, being the-, the Rip City faithful, found a way to make it worth it, to make it fun, to find yeah. something to cheer for, whether it was tanking or roster moves or, you know, th- there was so much to talk about. You and I talked about this in a text message just the other day, Keith, How it's how, how it's great how... First off, shout out to BMac. I was hey. like, after he, after he had those very kind words uh, for us on the Discord, I texted you. I'm like, I'm ready to record right now and run through a brick wall, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I was I was so hyped, right? But yeah, but the thing is, like. We did re- we did uh, good numbers as a podcast. We grew the the Discord. We had people engage with us uh, on socials, and that was in the middle of one of the worst seasons in Blazer history. The worst season in almost two decades. Like yeah. that that is ratings like awfulness. Like when you're working, like <laughs> like you know, when we were content creators at NBC, like when you're working. Uh, for a company like that and your team tanks or your team is playing poorly then you have you struggle to get numbers so to grow a community and and do all the things we've done growing this brand and doing all this cool stuff like again just back what i said about the, the trailcaster community itself just rip city as a whole man you rally like you find a way to make the season interesting when there's no reason that it should be and so the hugs go to you y'all deserve it big hug we did it <laughs> we get to actually focus on the draft lottery now and what happens like <laughs> right oh <my> God. <laughs> it's awesome so hugs yeah. to rip city
0: yeah it, it's i i actually had the same hugs going it's it's to the the fans in rip city that have put up with this season that have crossed the finish line uh with hopefully more sanity than not Uh, left in the left form this at the same time, like, let's, let's give some hugs to the team as well. Uh, The front office, let's say, this has been an impressive tank job. This, that that is not necessarily an easy path uh, to to take as far as like convincing everyone involved to kind of, you know, uh, uh, keep going the same direction. Like keep, keep the, keep the ship going. But it's a, it's like you said, it's, it's been a season like none other. Do you have any hate mail for the week? It does, did anyone draw your ire, Mr. Burkhard? Uh I'm going to preemptively send hate mail. Preemptive
1: hate mail? My, my, my preemptive hate, which might be justified hate by the time you post this in three weeks. I know your timeline. <laughs> my hate is going to the Minnesota Timberwolves, the Los Angeles Clippers, or the San Antonio Spurs, whatever of those three teams... Gets the chance to. We know the Spurs will for, for for sure. And if the Spurs fail, then it's either the Clippers or the, or the Timberwolves. But if all of those teams fail to knock off the Pelicans and screw <laughs> up Portland's chance at that second lottery pick, the entire city of Portland will be pissed off at you. So I'm, yes. I'm going to to jump on that train and for, for Rip City. I'm fighting for Rip City here and sending preemptive hate to those three teams if they can't
0: get the job done. <laughs> that That is a that is some very good hate, actually, right there, man. <laughs> Newsflash, as I'm sure all Blazer fans have heard by now, the Pelicans made the playoffs. They got through the playing tournament. Blazers will not get their draft pick. This changes pretty much everything the Blazers plan to do this summer. Chris and I recorded this episode before the game last night, so we will get into all of that next week. But if you can stow your anger just for a little bit longer, be patient. We got plenty more to talk about with... Bill Shawnley's retirement game, the exit interviews, and Penny Simon's not being in the top
1: 25 under 25. CJ McCollum is a difference maker on that team, and they're they're trying to build something special down there too. And they're not a slouch of a team, man. I mean, no, with, no, they're not. With, yeah, CJ and and Brandon, uh, Brandon Ingram, Brandon Ingram and, and Valanchunas, and obviously uh what's his uh, Jackson Hayes is great. Herb Jones is is coming on the scene. Um we got our our dude with our with the the uh sneaky steals there and what's his what's his name i'm totally drawing a a blank here but they're building something good down there so yeah i think it's a good good competitive play-in and this is what the nba wanted with the play and honestly the only team that the only team that really isn't play-in worthy to me is the spurs like i just they're not going to make noise even if they are lucky enough to get out of the play and they're not making playoff noise yeah spurs are only in there because the lakers
0: fell that far (laughs) i mean mean, like you know they are bad the the spurs would have been down below like they're more in kind of our bracket as far as what they were doing with with the team, but yeah, the Lakers are just that bad. Um, my hate mail does not go to the Lakers this week, though. They've got enough hate mail. We we <laughs> we're gonna pass on them. I'm sending my hate mail over to Matisse Dybel. Uh, <laughs> if you heard about some of these, uh some of the stuff going on in the East Coast, uh, your sorry Eastern Conference. Look, I I've over the season here, I've talked a bit about Harden, about Kyrie, about the Ben Simmons stuff going on. Uh, between Philly and the Nets, there's, there's been a lot, and especially now that Harden got traded to Philly. Philly is probably the most drama-filled team in the NBA at, at this point, I'd say. Uh, the latest being Philadelphia 76 will be facing the Toronto Raptors in the first round. Toronto, being in Canada, has laws uh, about simply not allowing unvaccinated players into the country. So if... Uh, you know, this comes down to a spot where you can't really, you can't pull an Aaron Rodgers here. You cannot lie about your vaccine status and and get by. So now we get to Matisse Seibel. He got his first shot apparently, and word is this is just hearsay around social media stuff. Word is that after getting his first shot, he was informed or realized that you could still get COVID or transfer COVID to other people despite having the first the, having the vaccination. So he decided never to get a second. Uh, a lot of the word at first was saying that oh he just forgot to get a second, which is you know it, its own level of dumb. But at this point, it sounds like uh, the impression at least is that he decided not to get a second shot because he realized that even being vaccinated uh, would not stop you from transferring the virus. As if that is enough to ignore other benefits such as you know the the lesser symptoms, the lesser likelihood of transferring the virus, even if it is still possible. Lots of other stuff. Uh, I'm not trying to sit on this too long. We have more more fun and important things to talk about, especially for Blazers fans. But again, this is it's just so stupid. It's just another level of dumb. To be a multi-million dollar athlete, a key player on a team that had hopes at title contention. And yeah, they've had a lot of other things derail that. But James Harden and Joel Embiid should be enough to, to push Philly into, uh, in in like, at least past the first round. But if you're going to miss one of your key role players in Matisse Seibel because of something as dumb as deciding not to get the second shot when you've already committed to one. So it, like the, the Kyrie Irving stuff we've talked about earlier in the season, Kyrie has a, a, a principled argument. Whether he's sincere and earnest in it or not, he has made a point of saying, I'm not doing it for this. I have I have a principle and I'm going to stand by it. On a certain level, I respect that even if I think he's a total moron for what he's actually saying. Matisse Stiebel, if you get one shot, then it means you're not opposed to it that way. And then to simply say off with the second shot because it's not, hopefully, as it doesn't make you invincible, doesn't make you as immune as you hoped, that's ridiculous, it's so stupid, it's so dumb. Putting so much money and title hopes and all the rest on the, and all your teammates, uh, it's, it's absurd to me. Uh, I will take a breath here. <laughs> what are your thoughts, Chris? <laughs>
1: uh i think it's weird waters to wade into uh this stuff is is to a lot of these people is is it's it's an extremely personal decision and and um there's things that, in people's life that i think definitely change how you view those things for someone and to be like matisse theibel like to be uh in his early 20s right and to not have kids and and like i can understand where you think differently than someone like you and i in our mid-30s or married or again i have two kids with a third on the way since you broke the news to trailcaster nation um i'm just saying just personally i've just got to a point where uh i respect your decision if you Actually, have a reason to think that way. Like <laughs> when you're well, just saying, that's... "Oh, I'm not gonna do it," because I just blah, blah I don't know. It's it's all tough. I just don't want to get outraged over it. From no, a sporting that's... perspective, <laughs> though, from a sporting perspective, I would be irritated because I would be like, "Dude, like we need you. Like yeah. you're 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 like everyone else. Like you you you. There are so many players in this league who." Didn't do the Kyrie, didn't do the Jonathan Isaac. They right. they were on the same boat in the fact that they didn't want to get a vaccine, right? And yeah. it's, it's also extra weird with when you are an athlete like these guys because you are at the pinnacle of human fitness. Everything you do is absolutely monitored. the the food you right. put in your body, the amount of workouts you do, every little thing is monitored. Um, that's why it's no surprise to me, having done bodybuilding in the past, that the bodybuilding community has a very, very high percentage of anti-vaxxers in that community because they're all, I trust my body because they're so in tune with like oh, what I okay. eat, what I eat, when I work out this, and like, which I always think is weird because then they go take protein things there right. that aren't FDA regulated, but you get the point, like, like yeah. you've been so bred to just be so in tune with everything that goes in your body. So it makes sense that athletes would be like that as well. Um, but there's a lot of athletes, Keith, that said, I don't like. I don't want to do the vaccine. I don't feel comfortable with it. But if it gets me on the floor and my team needs me on the floor, I'm going to take one for the team, so to speak, right? Yeah. And yeah. so I do think. I do think uh, that part of it is is definitely interesting. But hey, man, I, it's, not, yeah. no sweat off my back because you know what, Blazers are fully vaccinated. They're playing Blazers are. There you problem. go. So. There you go.
0: Yeah, like uh, you know, we know. I don't even. I don't need, even need to fire back. It's 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 weird to me. It's weird how like it, to get one and not the other is the strangest thing in the world. But yeah, you're right. Blazers are fully vaccinated. That's the the real highlight. What I do want to get into is uh is is the Blazers highlights from the last week and change. We've got some controversy over Penny Simon's placement in the young players that are around the league. We've got the exit interviews from the end of the Blazers season the other day. But first, let's talk about the last game of the season. We played against Utah the other night, more than being the last game of the season, more than, more than being kind of the last chance to see this uh, ragtag roster we've been enjoying for the latter half. <laughs> rag-tag,
1: uh, ragtag city, baby.
0: Rag- there you go. Hashtag rag- ragtag city. I like that. April 10th was the final game for Bill Shanley. We talked last week that Shons had officially announced his retirement, uh, so... Fan Appreciation Night here, the last night of the season, was all about Sean's. Then at halftime, you get to the Sean's tribute. They they had a, a tribute video up there showing his kind of you know career highlights, the the montage from from back in the day. Sean's saying "Rip City" for the first time. Uh, they had a, a lot of you know different moments around kind of as more him as the ambassador. They 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 had a nice little bit too where they had. Sean's wife Dottie on one side, they had a bunch of foreign players on the other side. It was a great, great moments. We had Nerf bring out flowers for the pair of them. We had Dame coming out as well. It was, it was a nice send off. Chris, what, what memories do you have of Sean? Do you have any sort of special, uh, uh events that you're gonna kind of keep in the front of your mind? No, because
1: I think what is really interesting here and is just a testament to how good he was and what he meant to this franchise as a whole is the fact that Brian Wheeler took over for him in, like, 1998, I think it was. So I was 12. Um, and I don't remember <laughs> because, I mean, I don't remember listening to uh, the Shawn's on radio. Like, for me, growing up, it's like Brian Wheeler was the voice of the Blazers. So there's an entire generation, uh, like you and I, who are, you will know, grew up Blazer fans. You're a season ticket holder. Um, you've been to every game over the years. But, like, you don't have a lot of memories of Sean's calling games. But he's an absolute legend to you. He's an absolute Blazer legend. And to me, that's twofold there. It goes to show you how uh, important he was to the franchise from day one, which is absolutely phenomenal. And secondly, I think it goes to show the, like, the respect that the organization, um, and especially Paul Allen, uh, you know, allowing him to still do things with the team um, after you know he stepped down, and granted, there's some. "Quote reasons," you know, that led to the change of changing of the guard over there, but they still the, the, to come back to be an ambassador, to be in that arena, to still be the Shawns It's it's absolutely phenomenal, and and you, he gets the legend send off that he absolutely deserved. Uh, one of my favorite pictures of the night was seeing my my very good friend Travis DeMers taking a picture with him, and it's like you get the you know the the present day voice of the Blazers with the you know the the guy who started and kept that like created that seat and gave Travis that chance in the long run. So, uh, that's pretty cool. Um, and so, yeah, I don't have like a lasting memory of him per se, just the fact that like, he's the Shans and that's all you need to know. He's the it's, Shans. Like, he's, yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's absolutely, he, he is Rip City. Like he, he is. is Very, Rip City. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that uh, I tweeted this when like his, uh, uh, his announcement or his retirement was announced. Like, the fact that he uttered two words at random when Jim Barnett hit a hit a, <laughs> hit a shot that flowed so well and meant so much that they came synonymous to the city. They became Blazers basketball, right? right. Like, yeah, like completely. He, over the years, people have tried to replicate it, right? You know, grind city, clutch city, buzz city. But it all started right there with Rip City, baby, and it didn't even have like, oh, you're like Buzz City? Yeah, they're they're are Hornets. Buzz makes sense. Like, yo, the 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 gr- grit and grind Grizzlies. Like, oh, Grind City. Make Rip City? What the hell does Rip City mean? But if when you said that in nineteen you know seventy seven, yeah, what does Rip City mean? But now, Rip City it. It you're has wearing beauty. a shirt that you're wearing a shirt that says it, it's, right. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's on the court. It's, it's been on the Blazers jerseys. It's rips. It's the, the official hashtag of the team that hasn't changed since hashtags became a thing. So that is Bill Shanley And that's what makes Bill Shonley's, uh career. So, so spectacular. Cause a hundred years from now, if the NBA is still around and we're all gone, uh, our grandchildren's grandchildren, We'll be saying rip city. And that's pretty damn awesome.
0: One of the last piece that I found interesting about this whole thing, uh, during Sean's, uh, night on Sunday, his phrase, when he said it on the court at the end, like after his, uh, speech and he got the whole audience to kind of say everything together, as well as what they're putting on the back of these little, uh, Sean's heads. Uh, the phrase to him, I've always heard rip city, baby, just like you said, uh, that's kind of you know, rip city, baby. Uh, but his thing was rip city. All right. And that's what he kind of uh, even had the audience go with at the end when he said, one, two, or or on three, you know, Rip City, all right. And, like, I, I, Rip City Baby seems very natural. It's just kind of that emphasis, that exclamation. But I kind of enjoy all right as this kind of, it's very kind of, like, laid back, mellow, like, Portlander, hipster, Northwest kind of vibe. Rip
1: City Baby is in the moment. Rip City, all right. That's, that's retirement talk right there. Rip City, All (laughs) All all right. All right. All right the Sean's abides.
0: The like- Sean's <laughs> abides. That needs to be a shirt right there. Oh, my God. Can you imagine the mashup of, like, the Lebowski hair and sunglasses, but with, with uh, the Bill oh, Shonley I- face oh on, my gosh, on the front of it? That'd be great. We're giving, <laughs> giving away million-dollar ideas for free, baby. That's happening. No, I'm cutting that out of the pot. That, that, that one's happening. We're doing that one. <laughs> okay, uh, last bit about Sean's. We'll move on to the exit interviews. Uh, I've had two interactions with him personally. I was, I was asking you about yours and thank you for all that because we, we got in deep there. That was beautiful. Uh, I've had two interactions with Sean's. One was at Dame's draft party. The year that we were drafting Damien Willard, my dad and I were there. And we have a picture. My dad reminded me of this just the other night when we were there on Sunday. We have a picture of Sean's uh, in... In the lobby, I think they've kind of remodeled this point, so I don't think it's really the same setup. But it was on, I think, the club level, right where you have that big kind of a uh, arc of of windows overlooking Portland. And my dad and Sean's and I have a, a nice selfie there as we were waiting to hear who we were going to draft, and ended up being Miller. So that was kind of a cool memory number one. And you know, he was he was just a nice guy. He was like you said, Chris. We our generation, we didn't hear him as a as a, a play caller. We've just known him as the Blazers ambassador, just that guy who's at these events who brings you that vibe, brings you that all right kind of vibe, you know, and he just he's there to shake hands and and kiss babies and the rest. But they, it was it was a nice moment for my dad and I getting that picture. Um then years later, Abby and I, my wife and I were at one of the fan appreciation nights where they're like you go around the arena, you're kinda of seeing some uh you know different things. You're having a player maybe handing out some posters or signing things. Um and then when you walked into the actual uh the bowl, there was a a post up or there was a, a station where you got to uh see the trophy and you could take a picture with the, uh, the, the NBA trophy. Sean's happened to be nearby at the time. And so we got Sean's to take a picture with my wife and I and the trophy and Abby goes to touch the trophy and some security nearby says so like, don't touch the trophy. And Sean's kind of leans, uh, Sean's kind of leans in for it and goes, you go ahead and touch the trophy. It's all right. So you can see in the trophy, she's got. Or you can see the picture. You can see in the picture that she's got her hands on the trophy, and she had his permission, and <laughs> no one was going to tell him otherwise. It was great. <laughs> but yeah, so that, that was that was to...
1: like yeah. Dude, Bill Bill Shanley is to Portland what Stanley is to Marvel. Like, yeah, <laughs> like every little Stanley cameo is <laughs> a Bill Shanley cameo at a Moda Center or at a Blazer game. Like oh man, that's funny.
0: That is a fantastic comparison, and it, like we, we did the Mortal Kombat thing before, where we compared all the Blazers players to Mortal Kombat characters. We should do the Marvel one, uh, and that because that one starts it off. That is absolutely like Bill Shanley. <laughs> yeah, that's is Stanley. That's that's fantastic. Darn right. All right, let's get to these exit interviews. So Sunday was the Sean's game. Monday. We had, I, what, 10 or 11 a.m.? I didn't even realize this was happening. It was not in my head. It didn't click that the season was over. I'm so used to the postseason coming up uh, that uh, yeah, it is. I was, I was not prepared. But we had the exit interviews Monday morning. They had Joe Cronin, uh, Chauncey Billups, Josh Hart, and then Penny Simons all come to the mic. Kind of funny that you didn't have dame or uh yeah. i mean you know, uh, have already, the entire team on exit yeah. interviews right? right yeah it was, it was a little not get
1: dame and nurk and yeah other, well and i heard someone
0: mention with nurk it's like nurk's uh unrestricted free agent but so is so is penny so it's it's not it's not really clear why it was
1: but it doesn't matter Steve because doesn't it doesn't it, doesn't it doesn't matter because they're still blazers until the league season is over and the league also season true. is not over so they are not free agents and you've done it every single year like you still you still had um you still had extra interviews with, uh, like the Al Farouk and Mo Harklesses and this and that, even though you knew they were they were leaving.
0: Like, so so man. you sound you sound irked about this. Like, is there a reason that you can think of? Like, for, for it's why not
1: necessarily not necessarily that I'm irked. I just think it's weird that um, I just think it's weird that you didn't have the entire team uh, readily available. The Lakers did theirs on the same day, and they they ran down the gamut they had the whole team and usually the way it, usually the way it goes is is it's like the whole team is made available and it's like do you who do you want to talk to like uh so it's like you have a regular exit interview and then pr comes in it's like okay so we're obviously bringing these this this do you guys like do you guys really want to talk to cg do you have questions for him and like everyone's right, like no and right. he's like okay we, we don't need to bring him out but usually on i mean especially on an exit interview even like dude like Damian Lillard should have been made available Yusuf Nurkic obviously I think Joe Ingles is one that I think a lot of uh, reporters would have liked to talk to about you know his prospects um, coming with the team obviously Justice Winslow I think is another one I think fans probably deserve to get a nice good in-depth uh, interview from uh, yeah Benny, some of these guys Benny, that maybe we Benny don't Benny see next year yeah, yeah like Bucket, Michael exactly Moore, yeah. Uh, so yeah I, I was actually a little bit surprised I mean obviously like you, Portland reporter and fan like no one really needed to hear what uh Reggie Perry had to say or, or anything. Perry. But but again, Trenton Wafford, Greg Brown. I think that I think fans would like to listen to, to them because you know they they grew with this team this year and, and could be part of the of the team moving forward. So uh, yeah, a little shocked. It's the first time I've seen it not um done like that. So uh I don't know. I don't have an answer for it.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I I, I, had, I had thought a little bit about it. I just kind of wrote it off almost like, oh, they're probably on vacation or something already. But you're right. Like they they are still under, I mean, contract as league, far as being part yeah. of the team. And still that, that a is, season. especially when you think about the Lakers and the horrendous season they've had. Yeah, let's take a quick moment to trash in the Lakers. Just the way that that has fallen apart. And I called from the beginning. I said this team was too old to actually be any good. And I'm glad it fell apart the way they did. But to have, like you're saying, that whole team... You're saying showed up for, for pretty commentary? sure
1: they did. Yep. Right down. The
0: yeah. Line. I, that's, that's a little strange. It's a little weird. And the reason
1: if... exit and the way exit interviews are set up normally, Keith, it's that um, the whole team is there anyway, because now that the season is wrapped up, they can officially do everything. So they go in and clean out their lockers. They mm. usually have, they usually have a exit. It's why it's called exit interviews because they have mm. their exit interview with the coach and general manager. And then it's usually after their exit interview for the year with their staff that they come out and do the final press interview. Right. Um, so all, like in, under a normal circumstances, like seriously, so you said that started at 10 o'clock under normal circumstances. If if you're there and the entire team's there as a member of the media, you're showing up at nine, you're getting set up, and you're probably not leaving the practice facility till five, s- six o'clock at night because yeah, that's how long it takes days. to bring Let's... every player through. Um, mm. So anyway, that's just how it normally works. son. Hmm. Mm.
0: Yeah, that, okay, well, I don't know. I, I, I guess we'll just have to see if, that, if, if if anything pops up later and kind of can say that this was foreshadowing. But yeah, I'm not really sure what to make of that otherwise, I guess. Uh, one other quick side note on this. You're talking about doing this all day uh, back, you know, when, when journalism was, was normal and people were on site, I guess, and all that all kind right. of thing. Uh, I'm sitting here just listening to just these four people, Cronin, Billups, uh, Josh and Penny Simons, just listening to the four of them, and trying to grab some quick notes on Google Docs from the live interviews, that was hard. I, on on one hand, there was volume issues. You could not hear a single question that was being asked of the players. You only really heard the responses. Uh, like I had it turned all the way up in every way that I could on the computer and the headset. And like you could you could you could hear a little bit, but not enough to even kind of write out. Oh, this is a question I want to note. So you just kind of had to listen to the answer and then. Like, oh, yeah, I should write some of this down and try to kind of catch yourself up, I guess. Uh, but it was not easy. And my my notes, I got a, a number of things from Cronin's uh, comments because he went first. A uh, few less things from Billis, but a number of things. A few less things from Hart. And then, like, three comments from Penny because it was just too hard to track. I just burned hey, myself welcome, out.
1: Welcome to my life when, yeah. you're to, <laughs> when you're supposed to live tweet quotes. Like, oh! Right? Yeah, yeah. Keep
0: up. Props to, to you and all the real journalists out there who have had to do that kind of thing. Yeah, because like, that, was, that was not easy just to try my hand at. I was following Sean Heiken, friend of the show. Shout out to him as well. Hey. He was there uh, asking questions and, like you said, trying to live tweet some of this. And honestly, I think I saw the same kind of thing. He had a bunch for Cronin, a bunch for Billups, few less for Hart, and eh, only one or two for Simons. that's just the way it went down. But uh, let's get into this. You want to dive into some of these questions? Uh, start that's with Cronin. Good, all right, so... I, I can't really say dive into the questions because, again, I couldn't hear the questions. But as far as some of the comments we got from Cron- uh, Cronin, and again, shout out to Sean Hyken. Some of I, these quotes I just had to pull straight from his tweets because it was easier than trying to dissect and, and uh, dictate all of it myself. But uh, one thing I got to say that I love right off the bat from Joe Cronin. We talked about this last time when he had his interview when, when he replaced uh, Neil. But this dude, he speaks not not quietly. He does speak quietly, but he speaks calmly. He he speaks in in a way that is cool and relaxing. Uh, he doesn't sound dumb. He just sounds laid back, and it's it's just so non aggressive compared to what we got used to with Neil. Joe, Joe Cool, baby. Joe Joe Cool Cronin, man. <laughs> it's refreshing. I liked it. Uh, it was it was nice to listen to. Uh, maybe again, that's why I have more notes from him. But uh, one of the first things Joe Cronin called out well, specifically. The- What's
1: that? No, I'm just gonna say the biggest thing I get from from Joe Cronin when I listen to him is like, you do have to take everything a general manager says in those settings with a grain of salt, right? Because they sure. can only say so much. They're not gonna give away the master plan. Um, but I just I haven't felt in one of those situations yet like Joe Cronin is trying to force feed us a ton of horse. Shit. Like yes. It's yes. He's not like opening your mouth and like, all right, here comes dinner and just, like, just right. <laughs> taking cow pies and just blah, blah. like, no, or- like he's like, like, he's genuine. And I, I like that about him.
0: Again, the way that Neil O'Shea would, he'd smack you around. Like, people ask a question and he'd come in, like, look, you know, we never thought this. Okay, if you thought that, you're an idiot. I mean, like, yeah. he just he had a way of just condescending to the journalists in the room. And it was not fun to listen to as a it's fan. It's not either. breaking
1: news, dude. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: but yeah, so it was nice hearing from Cronin. Uh, as far as what he said, first off, he called out as parts of the core, he specifically named Damian Lillard, obviously. Anthony Penny Simons, more or less obviously, Yusuf Nurkic, Josh Hart, Nasir Little, and Justice Winslow. He said all these guys, not with some gap, not like with Nasir or Josh Hart or Justice Winslow as afterthoughts, uh, but he just kind of trailed off. These were the guys that he considers the team building around. Obviously, again, that's a lot of names. Dame, Penny, Nurk, Josh Hart, Nas, and Justice. Uh, We're talking six guys. Do you see all of those as being key? Like, Did you predict that Justice Winslow was going to be a key piece moving forward for next year? Do you see that as a, uh equal?
1: Uh, I think he can be a good piece. Um, I think they're envisioning getting better and they have some other offloadable pieces and maybe not going to be able to bring someone necessarily better than Justice Winslow in. But I mean, we saw in Spurts, uh, Blazer fans fell in love with him, and then of course we've had these conversations. Oh, is he the, is he a Draymond type? Is he a this? He's that? No, right, he's Justice. No he's Justice Winslow. He is what he is at this point. <laughs> and if again, same my same argument for like a Drew Eubanks type. Like if that's the guy you're having to come in play 15 minutes a night off the bench, you're you're, it's, you're not in a bad spot. And I personally, you're probably in a better spot with Winslow getting good bench minutes than Drew Eubanks. I mean, I like Drew Eubanks, but I think Justice Winslow is the better basketball player. Um, gives you some versatility. And again fits that kind of mold that joe cronin's talked about a guy that can play multiple positions a guy that can get the tempo going get the ball up um plays plays well on the defensive side um he's a big body i mean everyone fell in love with him against the lakers when he was able to to body up lebron james the best he could and um, <laughs> so yeah i i i, I totally get where, where joe cronin's coming from i think he does want to keep him because he, he fits that mold um perfectly of the type of player that he wants
0: yeah, that's. that's it seems like so long ago that Justice Winslow was bodying up LeBron. That seems like just like an age now, nat- like four rosters ago. It's just crazy. Right. Gone through this season. Yeah, and it, I don't know. I'm with you. It's just it's strange. I mean, you're comparing Winslow to Eubanks, but Eubanks isn't named here. He's much more one of these fringe players, and we all kind of know that, even if we've kind of fallen in love with the uh, the the Troutdale Shack. But uh, I mean, look, Dame Dame is the obvious franchise piece. Penny is the the high potential, like high ceiling kind of young PCC coming up. Nurkic is the big, lovable sidekick to Dame at this point. Josh Hart, the new piece we acquired, but Nas and and Justice Winslow to hear those guys included in the same sentence, the same breath from Cronin, I just felt it said something. I think it's kind of good news for fans.
1: Yeah, and I think it's uh, it's. If you want to try to take something from it, I do think it's 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 a smart of him to say because it's going to play well when it comes to talking to Asians and getting a deal done. But there's been so much talk about um, your boy Penny and what's going to happen there, and you know how much money are they going to give him, and is he a trade piece? Is he this? Is he that? That it's so easily. Easily overlooked that you know the Blazers have to decide what their future is with Nasir Little as well. I mean, mm. he he has it. He he is technically has the ability to be a free agent. He has a team option for next year. Um, and then you know, did they pick that up? If they'd be stupid not to, because it's only like four million <laughs> or something like that. But then even after you pick him up, like you still have to you still have to make the right moves, Keith. Because if you pick him up and then you go get your Jeremy Grant type. I'm not saying it is Jeremy Grant just that type of player that you want sure, to get in sure. there and then you give ant big money you sign Nurk and this and that and now you you you've used all your cap Well, now you run into the next offseason and you're like okay now what do we do do we do we trading Nasir little at the trade deadline do we try to free up enough cap to be in a good spot to you know give him the money he deserves are we okay paying luxury tax to give him his his big raise so uh, i think the fact that he says he sees him as a piece because you know i think it's almost like a little bit like we're gonna pick that option up give him one more half a season to show us what he got because we want to keep him around we just want to make sure he can prove it again so yeah, yeah, little things there that they still have to they still have to figure out with Nasir. But again, we've talked so much about Ant that you 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 tend to gloss over the fact that Nasir's future with the Blazers can be very much in question as well.
0: You always do such a good job of this, where you'll hear me say Penny a number of times, and you're not trying to agitate too much, so you'll say Penny, but then you balance it by saying Ant the next time you refer to him. You you do a really nice job of keeping keeping on the fence there. I respect it. I respect. I it. do I mean, what I
1: do to not piss you off, and then I call him what his real name <laughs> is.
0: I may not agree with you, but I respect your right to uh to 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 stay on the yeah. fence. Uh, all right, so yeah. So let's let's talk about some of these players you mentioned. As, uh, regarding Dame, he said uh, this is this is later in the in the interview, but I just want to kind of just jump around here. We've pivoted to Damien helping us build this roster, learning the salary cap. He knows more about trade exceptions than anyone in this room. I thought this was funny. I thought this was Joe trying to be light. Uh, being Joe cool, like you said, uh, but I've seen some fans kind of respond with a bit of friction about this saying to, to, to say that Dame knows more about trade exceptions than else in this room it, it, it made it sound like Joe's not taking like Cronin's not taking his job seriously Not not knowing the cap is I mean come on like that's not a real take, right? That's not how we're feeling.
1: No. He's, hi i'm the general manager who has the interim tag and i'd really like to become the full, <laughs> full general manager but the guy who plays point guard knows more about the cap than i do like, it's, it's not what he's saying exactly no i think he was looking probably at the people across from him at the, the 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 me's of the world who think they know it all saying this guy knows his stuff he's not just a basketball player he knows he has done more research on the cap than you guys have which right. is probably fair um, and I like it. I know that there's a lot of people I saw on social, like, that's not how you build a team, and blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, like, I think it's crazy to think that the star player or your best players aren't involved in some sort of roster construction because. Right,
0: right. They should you be.
1: Wanna, you wanna play with the players that you have chemistry with, that you know you wanna play alongside. Um, while everyone picks on LeBron James for the hiccups exactly. that he's had. Uh, he has made it work right i mean it was it was the friendship that brought him and d wade and chris Brosh together in miami like yes dwayne wade was was part of building them there but still it was that friendship and the chemistry that those three had that made them go build that team and then unlike other stops like he built he had great pieces around him with you know the not a washed yet udonis haslam and mario chalmers (laughs) so it's like it can work out um and so I like that people get mad. Like that's not how you build a roster. I think you have to. And I think for 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 Damian Lillard, I think it goes a long way because there are or had been situations where he, I know I, I know this has uh, had openly uh, stated to Neil guys that he wanted to play with, and then it, it, those guys ended up being right there for the taking, and Portland never pulled the trigger on getting mm. those guys. So and and one of those guys that. that long rumored to that Dame had wanted to play with was Aaron Gordon and the uh nuggets went around and got him for nothing. And he turned <laughs> into be a very, uh, a very pivotal, pivotal part of that rotation. And it's like, people can look at him be like, Oh, his numbers are down from when they were in, in Orlando. It's like, yeah, no, he's playing a, alongside Nikola Jokic, who <laughs> is the, the guy. He's not uh, the center. guy on a
0: bad team anymore. He's but got again,
1: Aaron, Aaron Gordon would have been a great fit next yeah. to, um, Would have been a great fit next to Dave. Now you go back to the rumors about how Portland, uh, or excuse me, uh, Orlando wanted CJ, and that was probably the trade that was going to happen with CJ for Eric Gordon, and Neil didn't want to do that, and blah, blah, blah. And here's the deal. As much as you like Josh Hart, like... Getting Aaron Gordon at that time for C.J. McCollum is a better return yeah, that's than Josh Hart for it. C.J. McCollum.
0: Unquestionably.
1: So you, you would have been trading your starting guard for your starting small forward. What you ended up doing is trading your starting, your starting two guard for a guy who was very likely to be, like, your 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 best player off the bench like like so uh it's just interesting so the fact that joe cronin says i'm i'm listening to dame and he he's helping us gonna build this roster it's not joe cronin saying what dame wants dame gets i almost right. think it i almost think if anything it is it is a swipe at the previous regime saying when our stars Give us input. We're not gonna brush it to the side. We're going yeah. to listen and see what we can get done. Yeah, because, we're not dismissing them as idiots. We're gonna say yeah. they know what they're talking about. Yeah, we're gonna. And again, I think I think there's something to be said for this. Like I said, like it's easy to knock LeBron, Keith, but he's again, he's also made it work. Yeah, the guy has championships for a reason. He yep. he. And had he not had to run into the greatest basketball team we've ever seen outside of the Chicago Bulls in. The golden state warriors he'd probably have more titles like he what four straight trips to the freaking nba finals like it's 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 it, he's got it it's, it's easy as he is to pick on and hate on like his record speaks for itself so um yeah and i trust i trust it dame has always talked about guys in this league about and uh not in the concept of like hey i like this guy he's my he's my bud But in the sense of, I like this guy because I I like what I could possibly do on the court with him. I like what we Um, could do. Yeah. He looks at a lot of things through a basketball lens, man. And that's, Mm. it's, it's pretty cool the way he does. So, yeah, I think it's a cool thing to hear from Cronin. It's a now, now, it comes down to the execution part of that can you can say all the right things but can you execute on this plan um and you got to remember we've talked about this before do you build around dame are they going to trade dame because you can get a lot for him if you do trade him i think you i think you just have more uh wood on the pile so to speak of of the blazers proving that like you are our guy still dave we are not we're not moving on we're not going to start building around ant you're here you're our guy and if you want guys to come in we're going to do our best to accommodate you because we want to win with you I, i just don't see that as a bad thing
0: yeah yeah exactly and
1: that's not to say that the josh hart trade was bad because at this point no. in time because the aaron gordon trade would have happened probably two seasons ago and at right. that point cj's trade value was was higher than it was this season just because of i've said before just how drastically and uh, just timing guard position has changed yeah timing yeah. all that stuff so um yeah it's not that the josh hart trade was bad because josh hart no. has proven that he's a very good fit on this roster
0: so, getting back to some of uh, Crohn's other comments, you, you mentioned also like saying this stuff about Dame, uh, he's saying that he knows so much. Why would a GM say this? Uh, someone who's an interim GM, someone who has any sort of like you know uh, 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 lack of job security. If it was something that was actually like, it, it doesn't come from a position of him being worried. He has some comments. He said, "There's no sense, of, no, there's no sense of a timeline other than a consistency of commitment to me. I feel like they trust me, which is all I'm trying to accomplish." So, he may not have the official title yet but he is very much acting and we should probably just all assume that he is more or less the the official GM if you know if not just the acting GM I don't know. interim I, I just doesn't seem so. like he does enough yeah
1: yeah i would think so at this point
0: nurkic was one of the other players that he mentioned as part of the core regarding nurk he said we're big fans of use of nurkic i think he had a career year this year and we expect that to continue he's just scratching the surface he's the kind of player we want to continue Sorry, he's the kind of player we want to continue to build around. So again, this is unrestricted free agent, Yusef Nurkic. Uh, We don't really know the price tag, although I don't think there's a lot of concern, not nearly as much concern about his potential price as what Penny Simons could fetch. But from Cronin's words, at least on this exit interview, it does seem like he's less of the idea, there's less the idea that Nurkic will be a trade asset and more about at least in words, that this uh, is someone the team is going to try and build with. You, you and I have been fans of Nurkic before. I don't think there's a lot of surprise there, or uh, where neither of us is, is too uncomfortable with that. But it is kind of interesting, just if we you know, again we've talked about Jeremy Grant, but if there's other targets out there to improve this roster, you're probably looking at bigs. Like there, there's potential, uh, I and mean, we've we've talked about uh, uh, Miles Turner before. The 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 pipe dream of DeAndre Ayton, if he was ever you know screwed over by the Suns down there. Uh, um, but more or less. Uh, maybe fans should get a little more comfortable with the idea that Nurkic is our guy. He's a he's the guy with Dame. They work well together and he, they fit well together, especially if you get the best of Nurkic, uh the Bosnian beast of Nurkic. But yeah, how how are you on that one?
1: Oh yeah. Um I'm, I'm a big fan of him. I mean, I think I, I would consider Nurk a mid-tier center. Like if I was just go down the list of all the bigs in the league, I would put him probably maybe like the 12-15 range. Um but that's not a bad thing and i think that's exactly what the blazers need out of him because they're not if joe cronin builds this roster how he wants to and how it should be built Yusuf Nurkic is not your second option he's not your third option he's probably your fourth in that starting five and if you build the the roster right you get to use nurk where he's where he's best and the thing is i don't think you want nurk to necessarily be uh shouldering any scoring load i think you want to use the, the advantage you have in having a big man that is one of the best passing big men in, in the game um and if you were to get again i'm just saying this name because it's the easy one out there but say you do go get a jeremy grant say you go get a trade that lands you a a, a john collins right or, or and you collins, go up yep yeah and you go upgrade your small forward position and you get a couple more weapons within that lineup well now you put Yusuf Nurkic in a, in a position to continue his upward trajectory and have a even better year especially when it comes to distribution because you're putting him in a position to like that it's not just Dame and CJ that I have to that are my outlets to go get buckets right like you have you you have Jeremy Grant who can shoot you have Anthony Simons you have Josh Hart and uh, again Josh Hart can be a piece Nasir Little can be a piece Justice Winslow not necessarily a spot up shooter but he's he's a good player and like they're they're all those names I just mentioned are better playing alongside Yusuf Nurkic than Anthony Tolliver, than Mario Hazonia than Kent mm. Bazemore, right <laughs> so you you build the roster right Keith and you can really take advantage uh, of Yusuf Nurkic's skills outside of just being a big body in the paint who who can score. So yeah, I totally see where where Joe Cronin um is coming from in that aspect. And then obviously financially, I still think he his his financial right. range is right where he's at right now, which is about 12 mil. So it's not going to hurt it's not like you're gonna have to shell out 25 mil to go get Yusuf Nurkic. <laughs> now if you go, you know, Miles Turner is going to want money in the long run and Mm. this is like this so it's like are you in a better situation to have a guy who's a better defensive big in Miles Turner but is going to probably end up costing you a lot more in the long run or do you go with the guy that has already been here for a while has a great relationship with your star player and is not going to hurt your pocketbook and allows you more flexibility in the end I think Yusuf Nurkic returning to Portland as long as he wants to and the team gives him the money he wants I think that is this the easiest decision to be made if I'm Joe cronin Do I yeah. want Yusuf Nurkic? Yeah, I want Yusuf Nurkic.
0: Yeah, yeah, like we talked about this a lot with the uh CJ trade. The need to make the CJ trade was the idea that if you can get a guy who does seventy five, eighty percent of the production at fifty percent of the cost, that is a better deal. And that's kind of what Nurkic is. Like, when you compare him to someone like Miles uh, Turner or elsewhere, he's gonna get He's going to demand less money, at least the way the contract is set up now. He fits well in the system here. He, he may not be the perfect rim defender, but the the passing is a key weapon if they can learn to utilize it better than we've seen in the past and with better pieces, like you also mentioned. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so as far as those pieces, beyond the ones you mentioned on the team already, Cronin was asked a question about the draft class coming up and the draft picks we have. What kind of is the plan? Uh, Right off the bat, he says, still evaluating, which is probably about as generic as you can say for just like stand by, no comment, not answering for now. Uh, but he did ev- uh, he, he uh, expanded on that. He said, from a basketball perspective, I think it's a solid draft. The depth of the talent is intriguing to me right now. Uh, and then he, I can't, don't remember exactly what the quote was. He said he's open to drafting players or trading picks depending on how, uh, the keyword was maximizing the picks. He wanted to make sure that they maximize what they did with the picks. And then he had the final quote, we want to win. We want to be really competitive next year. So those are Joe's words, Joe Cool's words there. I'm going to keep using Joe Cool. I like that one. Uh, <laughs> wanting to win, being competitive next year. Talking about maximizing the picks.
1: Yeah, um, where it becomes really interesting if Portland does luck into getting in that top three, because now there's a lot of value in picking a player, but there's also and just mm. a ton of value in trading that pick. Um, I still think Portland is very, very smart if they're in a one two three position um that i think jabari is the best player right there gives gives me a forward that's going to be very very versatile as he builds and then trade that second pick out um maybe you trade both of them like if you had to trade both picks and that nets you a john collins type i would do it because john collins is a perfect fit for this team like i don't know if i'd want to like I like the fit, but I don't know if I would want to trade both those picks for Jeremy Grant, but I would trade both those picks for John Collins, right? Um, And I think that's what he means by evaluating because at this point of the year, I think uh, you're really sitting down to evaluate, but your big board's already made. Like you have an idea of the players you like, you have an idea of the players you're going to come, you're going to bring in. um, And it's all about where you end up in the lottery. So uh, I think this was a little bit of hinting that maybe they're not sold one way or the other. They're not necessarily sold on pick. They're not necessarily sold on trade, but every single avenue is still open, which again, you go back to Neil O'Shea and a lot of that was like, oh no, we have a pick. We're going to use it. Like, yeah, <laughs> like right. so uh, so I like that. I think Joe is, is smart enough to know the value of uh, that those picks
0: are going to bring. Uh, I don't know if there's a whole lot else they wanted to touch on from Cronin. Oh, the, oh here's one other thing. Uh, he talked about at the very end that the Blazers have hired a second international scout. He said it was a goal of his to bulk up international scouting. But again, when you read the actual words said here, to say the Blazers have only now hired a second international scout, that would mean we've been operating with just one. And as has been pointed out to me uh, online, I think Sean Hyken mentioned as well as some others, to have only one international scout, when you look at the t- the international talent in the league, seems a little <laughs> irresponsible.
1: <laughs> Is it yeah. not? Very, very yeah, I want I want you, you one person, to scour all of <laughs> yeah, Europe. He's
0: like all of Europe right. and Africa. Like international. Yeah, yeah. We're gonna talk everything outside the states. I'm here. just saying, yeah,
1: yeah. All yeah, and yeah. I'm gonna need to go to China too Go to China, China they're, yeah, they're, yeah. They're building some <laughs> athletes and yeah, that's not the best uh best look. Hell even even FIFA allows me to hire three scouts when I play the video game. So <laughs> Oh really? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's
0: crazy. So again, hopefully hopefully that leads to us discovering some awesome international talent going forward, uh some some fun people to learn about, some fun other cultures to learn about and have with from
1: there. In the modern NBA Keith, I'd almost I'd put more stake in my international scouting than my local scouting because my yep. American scouting does itself. You have you yeah. have you have college basketball you have march madness you have you have all these prospects you have a whole on, system here on tv like every single day but i mean i saw you know there's an article with that nikola jovich don't right you, right jovich not is. Jokic. yeah yeah who is a you know, a seven foot wing who's, you know people are high on no one had heard of him till someone tweeted about it but it's like like again benedict Mathurin, like a, a guy that i like in the draft like people know him he played him played in march madness he's he's a good wing and and this and that so no i'd put a lot more stake in trying to get those those names that i don't know because it's worked out so so well for so many other teams i mean you look at a team that um obviously has done their international draft scouting but dude like i know people had said the name because draft was coming up but still people are like who the hell is this luka Doncic kid (laughs) <laughs> like his, his, right. his tape looks good, but like, is he really going to be good? Like, again, and he ends up being one of the best. Players in the NBA right now. Again, Nikola Jokic is the best center in the NBA, uh, in the debate, at least with him and, and Joel Embiid. And again, Arvita Sabonis to tie it back to Portland. One of the best big guys to ever play the game. Uh, Drazen and Petrovic is another international guy. You obviously Dragon. look at the Dirk Dirk, Dirk Novitskys of the world, like, dude, that you should be putting a ton of stake in the international game because you just don't have the availability to see them at every turn like you do you know, NCAA players. So yeah, that's crazy to only have one guy.
0: So at the very least, it's one more sign that Cronin is smarter than Neil. Uh let's move forward. That's enough about Cronin and what we got out of him. Uh squeeze enough juice out of that orange. Uh no offense to Joe. He's not an orange in any bad way. It's just you know, Just a reference. Uh Chauncey Billups started off the interview talking about how he's known Cronin since high school days. Uh he had some some interesting kind of praise for clean up the culture here and again like you said before i feel like this is a pretty direct dig at maybe the uh the previous regime that that chauncey came in underneath um moving straight on from that though he did mention again like you you said earlier with the, the thoughts on cronin chauncey said joe cronin sought my advice for a lot of the new hires as far as the, the staff and some of the other people around the office uh, he didn't have to do that we're doing this thing together. A lot of people say that but don't act that way. He acts that way. I just thought it was kind of a cool thing for Chauncey to note right off the bat that, again, like we said, Joe Cronin seems to be very much about bringing in uh, a, a, a somewhat of a democratic mindset to this, like talking to Dame, who is he interested in, What? who Who does he believe in, kind of what does he know about the situation, talking to Chauncey in the same way, like what kind of players do you want in here? Uh, so yeah, that's, It's exciting. Good change of pace. Yep, for sure. Now now as far as his actual players, uh, there was a question about bringing in defensive players. Chauncey said, more important than the individual thing, individual defensive talent, is the engagement. It's more about our team concepts and our team principle. Uh, referred back to his, He referred back to his Pistons days saying, I wasn't a stopper. There were other players that were better defensive indiv- individual players, but he was always in the right place. He knew how to move his feet. So again, this if we talk about a system, uh, systemic change or a systematic change, not really sure which, Let's go systematic uh, if we're talking about a systematic change here from what we've seen previously under Stotts and uh, being all about the offense and kind of the freedom to take your own shot, it seems like Phillips is really going to be focused on the defensive kind of team defensive principle, so which
1: is interesting. I mean I, good offense doesn't lead to good defense, but good defense leads to easy mm, offense so I like it great point. Um, I like that I also like I also like. Chauncey Billups' quote he just brought up there about him not being a defensive stopper because a that means he's smart enough to truthfully analyze his own skill set, right? And obviously he's going to do that whether he's a player or a coach. And secondly, I think the biggest thing in t- in today's NBA is there are not many one on one shut you down defenders, right? Right. Um, right. You look. You look. Yeah, you look at the Golden State Warriors who doing their right. during their run was when they they were the best defensive team in the league. Um, and they had a really, really good one in Draymond Green. They obviously had a really, really good one in, in Clay Thompson, but they built their greatness off playing within that unit. And just like, uh, Chauncey said, being in the right place at the right time, communicating, getting guys to, to move and rotate. And I, I think you're going to be able to see that because like I said, you've started to see it with, with guys like guys like Justice Winslow, guys like Josh Hart, Josh Hart. Again, he's not a, you know, totally destroy you one-on-one defender, but you watched enough of him this year. He's he tends to be in the right place at the right time. Communicates well with the guys around him. So it's those little things, and not to mention, if you can start to work on that communication, you're going to get a better defensive performance. Hopefully, out of Damian Lillard too, because again, now you know where to be. It's like I said when we had uh, old team mom on, right? And Shout how, yeah, she was talking about the, the the turnovers and defense and what's going on and how I said like. I think a lot of it is when you had guys like Zach Collins, like you had the talent there, but when your coach was an offensive first coach and necessarily didn't bring in a ton of defensive philosophies, you didn't have the knowledge base to back up that talent. But now if you have a guy like Chauncey to start giving these guys the knowledge base, well, then you're going to get the knowledge base to make up for lack of talent on that side in some players. And if you can get them to buy in and play a team defensive game, then again, I think you're going to be able to see a very good performance from the Blazers in the long run. I'm not saying they're going to go be the best defensive team in the league, but uh, better than 28th is an improvement. So <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be best. I, I like, what I, see, just get I like what I see from from Chauncey.
0: Yeah, I, I think it'll be nice. Uh, it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I, I love defense. I love ball movement. We've seen a lot of ball movement and defense with the young guys. I'm curious how much the ball movement sticks around when we have more stars, just because they tend to play different than, than younger guys who don't really have kind of the, the credibility to, to play like the Stars do and kind of get a lot more of that, the touches. But the defense should stick, especially when you hear about when you hear things like this from Chauncey. I'm going to slide a, a, a listener question in here real quick. There wasn't a whole lot else uh, from, the, from Chauncey's quotes that I wanted to get at. Um, he talked about accountability a bit. He talked more about the difference between Neil O'Shea and Joe Cronin. Uh, but again, just suffice it to say, He's a supporter of Joe. Uh, he, he at one point said, there's a lot of GMs in the league like Neil who do it successfully. Now it's Joe's turn. And so like, you know, not a lot else I want to get to in as far as the, the specific quotes from, from Coach Billups. But we do have a listener question from Kat Renzer on Discord, also hey. over one of the, the Twitter friends. Kat says, I've long thought first-time coaches are better suited to rebuild teams. Allows young players to adapt to their coaching style and gives them time with no expectations to get their feet wet. That being said, how do we think Chauncey did as a coach? Can we even evaluate him with such a weird year? So before we move on to the rest of the exit interviews, what do you think, Chris? Like, How do you feel about Chauncey Billups' first year as a head coach here? And is there even a lot we can draw, a lot we can evaluate so far, outside of just kind of these thoughts and him talking about defensive principles? Is there a lot we can kind of really look at with the way that his roster was torn apart, reshaped multiple times?
1: Uh, Well, first, I I kind of disagree with uh, first-year coaches being better suited for a rebuilding team um, because uh, you look at some of the success first-year coaches have had with established teams. You look at what Steve Kerr obviously did with the golden state warriors you look what nick nurse did with the toronto raptors you look what ime udoka is doing with the boston celtics right now i think it has more so to do with the team culture that's put in place in the long run and commanding that respect out of a um a coach when they come in i mean uh, again uh, eric spolstra of miami right so um not necessarily uh having to be on a re- rebuild te- rebuilding team um <laughs> because look at some of the coaches whether they've been first year or not like look what Sacramento's just gone through a gamut of them right so um uh, that part i think is is debatable um however gauging chauncey billups uh, performance i absolutely think you can because you saw what Again, going back to Imei Udoka, he and Chauncey Billups had very, very similar starts. They both started uh, extremely rocky out of the gate. Um, and then Boston had some hiccups uh, with health. And then there was obviously the same debate that Portland was having around Chauncey. was like, did, did we hire the right guy? He looks like he's mm-hmm. in over his head. But once he really got his system going and then he had the talent to back it up and they were all healthy, they started playing some of the best basketball in the NBA towards the end of the year and are a favorite, probably, to get through the East at this point. Like They're a very good team with a very good coach. Um, And I think Billups, you obviously didn't get to see the full potential because no Dame, no NERD, traded CJ, rebuilt the roster. But even as the season went on, you did see the change in philosophy. You saw how the offense was changing compared to what they had run with Terry Stotts. You obviously saw how the defense has changed compared to what Terry Stotts was doing. The difference was he just didn't have the bodies to make up for those philosophical changes. Because, I mean, Reggie Perry and Reggie Brandon Perry. Williams and, again, Kelgen Blevins and C.J. Ellaby, like those guys aren't moving the needle no matter who they're playing for. And on a fully healthy roster anywhere in the NBA, they're at the end of the bench, right? But they were required to play big minutes in this squad. Um, so you just had to kind of see how they were moving. You necessarily wasn't going to get all the stops you needed, but you could see those those philosophical changes. Um, secondly, again, going back out to, to Tara, uh monitoring the dunks, right? Like that <laughs> the, the the Blazers dunked the basketball at a ferocious pace this season compared to seasons past. Um so again, that's just a little philosophical change in how they're moving the ball on the offensive side of the ball. You uh, you've brought up multiple times the ball movement, how you were seeing better ball movement than you were used to and you're a little worried what could happen when you get more stars in but i don't know if i am because again i think that's just a philosophical change it's not a personnel thing it's a philosophical change it is a style change that billups wants to come in so i think you can definitely gauge that i think the injuries and the the roster reconstruction obviously played a, a hand in there but i definitely think you you look at the the, the job he did from day one to now the way things change the way they put a plan in place like i think it's like probably like a solid b b minus like it's not he gets a passing grade for sure like he did not fail the team laid this out there like if the team's goal was to win and then he did this it's a major failure but to me when you really watch the game i think you've definitely seen the, the changes being put in place that have me excited going okay when they Get Dame healthy. If they get Nurk back, if they build this roster how they want to be, I don't think this idea of Joe Cronin saying he wants to be competitive next year—that's the turnaround he wants—I don't think that's far-fetched because the groundwork has been laid by Chauncey Billups this year, and now you're going to be able to bring guys in. And the basketball minds see that, Keith. So say you want to go get a Jeremy Grant, or say you're talking to a guy in free agent, free agency. I don't they're not going to look at Portland and say yeah they had the worst year they've had in 16 years or something like that they're going to look at how coach Billups coached those guys on the floor and they're going to see things that you and I do not see whatsoever right but they're going to see them and they're going to pick on him so yeah I definitely think it's it's a solid b minus to be great for Chauncey Billups could be better absolutely could be better but did not fail on this season
0: I like that. I I don't even know what to add to that. You you yeah, that was an excellent summary, sir. Uh, <laughs> no, for for real. I mean, it's, he, he, I, I think what Cat pointed out as far as it being hard to evaluate him after such a weird year that that's that's a lot of where I've I've fallen. It's it's been very much still kind of a wait and see feeling. But yeah, I I, I think you're right. There's 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 things to be optimistic about. There's signs uh, that it's going in the direction I want to see it go. Uh, And that that he has, you know, he should have the ability, hopefully when he has a good roster to, to keep doing what he's been doing this year that we, the the things we like should transfer.
1: Yeah. And I think another thing, Keith, that should not go understated is despite loss after loss, after loss, uh, despite just taking this player out, taking this player out, that team was having fun.
0: Yes. Like
1: you still saw the Dame was on the, on the court. Um, uh, nurk was there like they were still cheering. they were having fun you saw the mic up with uh your boy benny buckets getting all excited when larry nance and and cj yeah. came back and said like the, despite all the losses the team was having fun and i think that's a big testament to billups even if the team says it's rebuild time it could be very very easy to lose that locker room at any point and i don't think he i don't think he did i think he kept the i think he kept the team even keel and kept them engaged and had them looking at the big picture so yeah i think i think that is definitely should not be um understated you look at, at at the lakers right they obviously did not perform very well this year, and Frank Vogel lost that locker room a oh, yeah. long time ago. Yeah, uh, probably <laughs> the day the they traded they, they they traded for for Russell Westbrook. For Westbrook, yeah. Um, and so he was fighting an uphill battle. And even by the end, LeBron James a- and who tends to always have fun wasn't having fun. Like that, that, like coming showing up to work was not fun. The Blazers had fun. They yep. were they were they were smiling until the final the final buzzer, despite the wins and losses. So yeah, I think that again that comes back to to um, to Chauncey Billups. I think Terry Stotts would have been able to do the same thing. Terry Stotts Terry Stotts had his locker room in order. He would have they they would have had some fun too. But uh, yeah, I think for a first year coach, I think that's impressive.
0: It is it is indeed man, and I you know beyond the beyond the coach and even. Let's talk about some of the uh, comments from the players, Josh Hart and Penny Sims here. Uh, starting with Josh Hart's comments, you know, he he has some great things to say about Billups. He called him a player's coach. He said he does a great job of building you up, but also holding you accountable. Um, Hart seemed to say that he was pretty confident in his role here and being here next year, you know, kind of felt like he had, he had established himself. But that led into, in my short time here, being in Portland is amazing. The fan base here is amazing. He he compared it to New Orleans. He said it was different. Uh, in in New Orleans they have the Saints and it's all about football down here. But up here he just felt. I I think he just felt the passion. He felt the fire. And this is important because we've we've heard quotes from Josh Hart earlier in the season, talking about how much he is a competitive person, how much he wants to win, how how hard it was for him to kind of deal with this thing as more and more players were getting pulled from the roster, and you could tell the team was trying to make it difficult to win games. Uh. I, I was almost going to say not win games, but you can't say the team wasn't trying to win games because you had players like Josh Hart that desperately still wanted to win. Uh, it is To hear him say that he still felt good about Portland and that he still loved what he was getting from the fans, I, I think is important, especially going forward. The Going forward, he he had some comments saying that Chauncey Bilbs has told him he's going to have a more ball dominant or playmaking role next season. What do you think about this? Because we've talked about Josh Hart so far being more of kind of a two, three switch, like a shooting guard, small forward. And this almost makes it sound more like he's thinking, like, would you would you see Josh Hart as a point forward or are we not going that far?
1: I don't, but if Chauncey does, uh, hey. <laughs> it'll be, be interesting to, to see um, how it works out. I also think maybe not, he, he's not going to be a point in the sense that we think of Dame, but um, if you can build him into a Scotty Pippen type mold, a big body who, who brings it up the floor And you got to remember when Scotty would do that, it was because it opened the floor for guys like, uh, Damon Stoudemire and Steve Smith to get open. And it allowed Mm. Damon Stoudemire, who was a very good three point shooter to, again, to move off the ball. ball. It's what you, it's what you see, uh, with LeBron when he brings up the ball. It's what you see with Draymond Green when he brings up the ball, is it allows Steph Curry Curry to move off the ball and get open. So if you look at Josh Hart, who's a, who's a very good shooter, but, um, he does not he's not the three point shooter threat that Dame is and with the numbers this year he's not the three point shooter that Anthony has developed into so if you can get into situations where you trust Josh Hart to to run with the ball in his hand then you allow a guy to distribute the ball to your two best shooters, rather than having your best shooter always right. distributing the ball to your, your second best shooter. It basically. Opens to the for yeah. To give you a, a much better scoring option in the long run. So I would love to see this. Um, and I'd also, again, I think these are some, something that I thought we saw before he was out with the quote injury. Cause he wasn't. Hurt. <laughs> um, but I would also like to see uh, Yusuf Nurkic right the ball in his hand as a playmaker more rather than pick and roll and roll like get get make him a passer because again you you want the ball in dame's hands you you absolutely do but if you can find ways to be efficient when it's not in his hands and again when your best shooter is 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 passing the ball to other shooters you've eliminated one of your best shooters in that process so (laughs) um yeah i think i i see what billups is trying to lay down here
0: yeah, I like it. I, I think that's a good point, too. Like, you want the ball in Dame's hands, but it doesn't need to start in Dame's hands. You can have it starting elsewhere, whether that be Hart, whether that be Nurkic. And, you know, again, like we, we talked about the defense being, you can feel confident in the defense being a a, a a pillar next year of the new team because of what Phillips has said. Maybe that uh, that playmaking, the, the ball movement, the assist that I was talking about wanted to see more of, maybe that can be a pillar, too, if you're talking about having more playmakers like this between uh, Hart and Nurkic. Good news, hold on. Uh, last bit for, for Josh Hart, the two last bits, just kind of more on the lighthearted lighthearted side of things. Um, he's talking about the Pelicans, and they're now making the playoffs. <laughs> uh, and obviously, as well, how the Blazers, after their long playoff history, are not making the playoffs. He said, "It honestly, it pisses me off, man. Not as much in reference to the Blazers, but I think referring to the Pelicans, how he was there for years with no playoff uh, opportunities, no playoff success. And, uh, and now they're, they're kind of pushing their oh, Again, Pelicans aren't in the playoffs yet. They're, they've got to make the play-in. Or they're in the play-in. they got to make the playoffs. But uh, I just thought that was funny. Again, just hearing Josh Hart's passion, how competitive he is, and how he's kind of jealous about seeing his former team doing well without him. Uh, hey, baby, light the fire. Poor, yeah. Portland loves a guy who wants to put a chip on his shoulder. Exactly, man. And, and again, to that, Josh Hart's next comments. We're a tight-knit group. I know because of our pick, I'm supposed to not cheer for them, like for the Pelicans. So I guess I want them to be in the game, but not win the game. So he's being honest. He's talking about, you know, (laughs) it's hard not to cheer for his former team, but he knows what they're trying to do here. So I like it, man. I like the honesty. Final bit for Josh Hart. Uh, Someone asked him at the end about playing with Damian Lillard. Uh, the quote was, I feel like I can finally ask him for a signed jersey. Before, when my team catches an L and Dame has 40, I can't really ask him for a signed jersey at that point. I <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. And this then blew up on Twitter, too. Josh Hart had some follow-up when he saw a journalist tweet that quote. And Dame, uh, he, he called out Dame. He said, hey, how about that jersey, Dame? And Dame says, oh, you got Hart, bro, or something along those lines. And so it's, again, Josh it's, it's nice to Josh Hart's about to,
1: to pull off the first same-team
0: jersey swap after a game. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Love it. All right, the fourth and, uh, again, like we said earlier, the fourth and weirdly final member of the exit interviews uh, on Monday were uh, belonged to Penny Simons. The, the fourth spot belonged to Penny Simons, I guess the way I could say that if I was less tongue-tied. And, again, I had less notes on this one because by this point, man, it was just starting to burn out. Shout-outs and hey. respect to all you real journalists. Penny, uh, he did comment on saying how tough it's been to have the quote-unquote Injuries, uh, how he's been on the sideline. Pretty tough watching the team struggle. You know, you want to go out there and help. Regarding his free agency, uh, the, the, the the exact quote was, "We both have a mutual interest in coming back," referring to him and the team. I'm pretty sure it will get done. So, pretty generic, pretty cliche. Uh, hard to really say it. It's not like it's not going to get done. Like it's, Simon's is an unrestricted free agent, listeners. So if we don't get a deal done, we can't use him as any sort of trade value it's extremely unlikely extremely not helpful for the team to just let him walk so you gotta imagine in that sense a deal will get done whether that means simons will be a future uh part of the team or whether he's someone that is still kind of being considered for trade packages who knows uh (laughs) but what do you think chris i would you say it's pretty much a done deal that he at least signs a contract with the blazers or do you think he's gonna walk
1: well, not necessarily, because I think there's teams that can uh, afford to pay him a lot of money, and then Portland has to consider if that's worth matching, um, mm. uh, and if that's the case, I think Portland should match, because I think it make just means that he's still a tradable asset, maybe not a long-term piece anymore, but he's still a tradable asset. Um, but the thing is, like, oh, of course he said that, you know, I have mutual interest and I want to re-sign. You guys hate on him uh, because everyone is a, a jilted lover here. But uh, LaMarcus Aldridge said he wanted to be the greatest Blazer of all time. I only bring that up because no one ever comes out in their, their end-of-season press conference or tells me <laughs> to like, yeah, I'm an impending free agent next year and I'm probably going to sign somewhere else. I yeah, really I'm hate out. it here. Peace. It just doesn't happen. Not, like, it doesn't happen, so... Yeah. yeah. That so was it was not it's generic. Shocking. It's cliche.
0: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Nothing. Nothing really there. Um. I did find it interesting at the very end, or maybe again, not at the end. The end of my notes. Simon's had some comments about defense. He said he thinks he can defend the opponent's best player, then still come down and be an offensive option, like a release valve on the inside. Uh. He, I believe, has some comments about Billups putting him in a position to be tested, to make mistakes this year, and grow from it. It. it that wasn't the direct quote. It was cool the way that he he was kind of implying that he knew he was kind of thrown into the deep end a little bit. But the point was to see you know, like how to handle these different situations. And there's no doubt he's grown. He's in, there's no doubt Simon's a better player now, much so more than he was in the season, even though he didn't have a very consistent role throughout the year. He you know, was missed the entire end of the season after having a huge chunk for a while around the trade deadline. Uh, guarding the opponent's best player, though, a little overstated is that a little much do you expect but, to uh, see Penny Simon you've, shown some,
1: you've shown some improvement but uh let's uh not get over our skis here <laughs> there it is <laughs> yeah. uh I, I i i like the confidence i yes. absolutely do um Ant is not guarding Giannis. Ant is not guarding LeBron. Right. Ant is not guarding Kawhi Leonard. Um, not guarding Julius Randle. Not guarding Kevin Durant. Not, not guarding, guarding Jason Steph. Tatum. Yeah. Ant is is not guarding Nikola Jokic. Um. Ant is not guarding Joel Embiid. <laughs> the point is he's 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 not the guy you're going to call to to guard the best player on the other teams. Again, I think that's where you get um you get. Value out of a guy like um, Josh Hart, and you get value out of a guy like Justice Winslow, um, because again, you're gonna get beat up, and so you have to just decide how bad you're gonna get beat up. And like what I mean by that is Justice Winslow isn't gonna stop Joel Embiid, but he's gonna make it hard for him. He can slow um, him down. Right? Josh Hart is not gonna start stop Giannis Antetokounmpo but he's going to make it harder than Anthony Simons would. So those guys bring you value. I think Anthony having saying that though, um, you do like to hear it because uh, I haven't heard Dame ever talk about wanting to take on that challenge of guarding the best player. Mm, Never heard CJ McCollum talk about wanting to take on that challenge of guarding the best player. That's interesting. But in Ant or one one hundredth of a dollar Simons, you have a guy who again is vocally telling you that he's buying into what coach billups is saying and i think when like again when when you have a coach who whose goal is to make the team better defensively then i think the players on the team end up getting more confidence on the defensive end like maybe maybe this is just a confidence thing maybe he didn't have that confidence under Terry Stotts to say that I want to go guard the best player but now that the pieces are in place he has that confidence that's why I said like it'd be great but the best case scenario obviously is you see a better defensive Damian Lillard you see a better defensive and you see a better defensive use of because everyone's playing within the system so again Mm -hmm coach lays down what he wants you buy in and now you have confidence about you that you didn't have before on that side of the ball and confidence does wonders but Mm, if what's what's Damian Lillard without confidence like He's got a good shot, but not the ability to pull up on a on a whim and shoot it from anywhere because he he's gonna question himself every single time he shoots the ball, but he doesn't. He has confidence on that. And confidence is got part it. of the equation. So I, I I like the fact that he says it. Again, I, he's not stopping Giannis, but I like the fact that he's put again, putting that chip on his shoulder. I, I do like that. I love it.
0: All right. Well, I'd say that pretty much wraps up the exit interviews portion of the show here. Uh oh, we're running. Have- yeah, we, we we got a long one. I'm, I'm going to get you out of here in a second. We got one final uh, topic to hit on. We don't have to make it a buzzer beater segment like our friends over on, on, on the Just You Fans pod. Shout out to Jamie and Eli. Uh, so not doing buzzer beater here, but we'll just run through this one real quick. The top 25 players under 25 years of age list has come out. Anthony Simons. Uh, this is on ESPN Plus, by the way. If you have a membership, go and check it out. Penny Simons. Not in the top 25. Yeah blazer fans obviously irked at this. a lot of blazer fans have you know' uh, been, been been trying to figure out like like where he falls uh, elsewhere. we've discussed this on discord a bit. It's been a really nice discussion actually back and forth, both about his position where he should be in or out of the top 25, his price going forward this summer considering uh, his position on such a list. What, what do you want to throw in here Chris? Uh, I, I've got some I've got some thoughts but not trying to run this whole thing down
1: well uh it's just this year there's seven players on that list who will be 25 or older at this point next year so he'll be on the list next year
0: oh that's (laughs) a good way that's a way to look
1: at it okay that's a good
0: little uh asterisk put on there for sure
1: now i saw the hate on um on blazer twitter like how could he not be on there this and that and like this is where i've had this conversation with you this is where i get like Sometimes when I have conversations with you crazies, mainly just you. (laughs) But it's like we have to get the ability to take off our rose-colored glasses, right? And try to just actually evaluate what we're seeing on the floor. And if I were to look at this list, this is what I told you on Discord. Is if I look at this list. I would say there's an argument to be made to put him in the 20 to 25 range, but the the 20 to 25 is Jaron Jackson Jr., Tyrese Maxey, John Collins, De'Aaron Fox, and Jalen Green. And of those five, to be the only one I'm really debating, do I would I take him over Ant? And the answer is you know, maybe. Is is Tyrese Maxey? Uh, he's he is a huge part of the the Sixers' success. Is a is a good defender um he's averaging almost 18 points a game like he's he's i think he's, he's i think he has one of the, the lowest turnover ratios in the league wow. as well um hold on let's see yeah he's one of the least turnover prone guards he averages 3.65 assists uh, a 3.65 assist to turnover ratio so um then you get in that conversation but again jaron jackson has proven that he's going to be and is already a very good big man so would you take him over ant i think a lot of people would would you take john collins i think a lot of people would De'Aaron fox is a starting guard in this league and he's the fastest player in the league and the dude is a (laughs) stud i think you're taking him over over and jalen green is putting up numbers comparable to Ant. The difference is Jalen Green is a rookie. So I do not think that Anthony Simons not being on that that top 25 is disrespectful to Anthony Simons in right. any way. Because that is a damn good list of players.
0: <laughs> yeah. To so think so that Luka Doncic really- and John Moran are under 25, even right? I think those two are just, like, just straight up stars across the league, no matter what age you're talking about. Uh, and a number of other names on there too. But yeah, there, there's a I lot mean, of guys. And
1: you're going to argue like Blazer fans because again... Oh, he he's he's in the, he should be in the conversation for most improved player, and he should be, he's he's easy a top fan. He's a top ten. Okay, let me just go over the top 10 one more time, real quick. <laughs> Luke Luka, Jason Tatum, Ja Morant, Trey Young, Lamelo Ball are your top five again. I think Cade Cunningham is too high, but then Zion Williams, Bam bio, Darius Garland, and Shea Gilgis Alexander. At least seven of those are the face of the next generation of the NBA. Right, right. Like yeah. when LeBron LeBron is going to be leaving, Giannis is a little bit older than that group, but he's still the face of the NBA as as we move forward, but those guys are faces of the NBA. Again, go down that list and I just want to if you take off if you take off your Rip City glasses, where do you realistically put Ant? And again, I think he's right there. 24, 25, maybe 26, 27 as you go down the list because there's some other names that didn't make the cut that are in that conversation, um, like like Robert Williams, like an OG on Anobi who is a very good player and Portland should really, really, really try to get this offseason. um, but again, <laughs> that where do you put him, Keith? And so I do not think that's disrespectful by any means that he doesn't make the top 25 under 25 cut.
0: Yeah, I I agree. I I think. I could see him having made it into the low end like the, the into the 20s like you said. The absolute cap though, at least for this year with the people in there before we lose seven next year that are over 25, uh is probably like, you know, 18ish or something like that. I, again, if we're taking off the Blazers glasses, I I just I don't think like you said he's just not going to be on the level of of some of those other players that are in the top 10 or even really top 15. And that's not to say that he won't. Uh I do think it's important though for Blazers fans to realize he's not just slotted in as going to be Dame someday. He's not just slotted in as this guy who's yeah, I, I again, we, we've had conversation before about if, if the team were to go we're going to go one of two directions. You either build around Dame or you're going to go young. Eventually that choice has to be made. You can't do both forever. If the team were to go young and try to build around Simons, it's just not equivalent. It, it, again, it's not to say he's, a, he's not good. He's great. He very well could be an all-star player. He could very well have a I would say he could very well have a higher ceiling than CJ McCollum as far as we're comparing one blazer guard to the next. But that's not to just, you you, you can't just uh, say that he's, you can't let the the blazer colored glasses uh, tint it so much that you're putting him into those those top spots uh, right off the bat.
1: No, absolutely, and again, it's not, it's not a disrespect on him. He's—he, it's like I said on our Discord. He's still very good. He's still going to get paid. He still could potentially be a, a face of the Blazers for many years to come. But again, like I said, the seven of those top five easy are going to are faces of the NBA uh, in the coming years. They got a, a rookie class that is just totally jumped on the scene and shined um and again just other players that are difference makers anywhere they go so he's right on the fringe and like i said there's seven players on that list who are going to be over 25 next year um and i hope that for Ant's sake that and for the blazer's sake that he's Better than at least seven rookies that would be coming into the league to possibly fill those spots. So I he'll be you on can the, Feel good about that. Yeah, yeah. He'll be on. He'll be. He'll be on the list. It's. It, it's not disrespectful, and it's not indicative of someone's ability to be good next year or the year from years later. Right. Like I told. Like I told you, Keith. If this list were made in nineteen ninety nine, Jermaine O'Neal's not not cracking the top fifty players under twenty five. <laughs> yeah,
0: and yeah, we but see by
1: the year two thousand one, he was one of the best power forwards in the game. So you just. Again, you, right you, 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 no longer you, you, the Blazers. Exactly. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't repeat itself. But no, it's not. I, it, I get it. I get Blazer fan wants to see their guy everywhere. But I just, realistically, being a fan of basketball, looking at this list, um, yeah, I, I, I don't get it personally. I, I think the the bigger one, the bigger miss that really, really makes zero sense because honestly. He, he's probably not top 25. He's probably top 20 and uh, you could probably make an argument. Top 15. Um, Jordan pool should be on that list. That's shocking oh, that shot. Oh, that Jordan I didn't even Poole think about that. Is not on that list. Uh,
0: well, oh, that is interesting with what he's done too. He's had some top highlights. 15,
1: yeah. The top 15 is really
0: good, but top 15 are good. But I, yeah, you're right. He, I could see him on there somewhere. That's he's, but
1: he, but the fact that he's not on that list is crazy. And honestly, I would put Jordan Poole above Ant. So if I'm looking at this list, if I said he could argue Tyrese Maxey, let's say we put him above Tyrese Maxey, then and then that would put Jordan Poole at 25, Ant at 26, Maxey at 27. So again, he still goes right in there, right on the cusp.
0: Boy, you know, you uh, you threw you threw in uh, the wrong nickname so many times there. I gave you credit earlier for keeping it balanced. Now I'm gonna have to go in there and, and like dub over your your voice half the time just to just to balance out with penny. One one
1: hundredth yeah. of a dollar, Simons, baby.
0: <laughs> All right, well, listeners, let us know what you think. If you still put him higher on the list, that's okay. You can say so. You can argue with us on Twitter about it, you can come and argue with us on Discord. I haven't really dropped the uh, the Discord prompts throughout the episode nearly as, as nearly sprinkled in as often as I do, so maybe I'll, you know, I'll go back and, and kind of touch those up as well. But please, come and join us on Discord. Come and tell us what you think about Simon's future, Bill's uh, job as a coach this first year, how much, how much you think we can grab from it, what you got out of the exit interviews, anything else. We've got lots more to talk about in future weeks. We've got the drafts, com- the draft coming up obviously for both picks. Uh, more on Simons, on, on the contract status as we get closer to that. NERC as well. Lots of other things to dive into. But anything on your mind, those things are most important. Please come and share it with us. Like I said, Twitter, email, Discord. There we go. I pumped it a number of times here in the last 30 seconds. I say we're pretty good to get out of here, Chris. How are you feeling? Let's do it. All right. Well, in closing, your honorable listeners, that's it. That is our show. Thank you, Chris Burkhardt, as always, for being the awesome co-host you are. Thank you, Odar, for the fat beats. And thank you, listeners, for a great listening. We hope you enjoy your Blazers, your Rip City Basketball, and our latest episode. Thank you again, and please, come back next week for the next edition of the Bill Shonley Trailcasters. Rip City. All right.